As Fuck will be a podcast dedicated to discussing topics that primarily affect the Black community. As Fuck was created to shed light on issues that plague our community, but also promote Black excellence and create a platform for folks who identify as Black to share their stories, life tips, and important information we need. While the hope is to change our listeners' way of thinking, our main goal is to provide thought-provoking conversations for friend groups and bring awareness. My name is Chansey. And my name is Charles. And you're listening to As Fuck, Fuck the Podcast. That's racist as fuck. That's homophobic as fuck. That's black as fuck. That's crazy as fuck. That's wild as fuck. She was depressed as fuck. That's stupid as fuck. She broke as fuck. That's silly as fuck. That's far as fuck. That's hot as fuck. This is stressful as fuck. Hello, hello, hello. What's the tea? How you feeling today? You know, I'm just trying to get through the days. Today was one of those days where I woke up a little anxious, a little upset, a little angry. When I, you know, I rolled over to the wrong side of the bed. But, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling a little better. Um, having a little bit of hope of, you know, um, everything that's happening right now with uh, Black people. And, yes. you know, trying to stick uh, together with one another. Uh, so I, I, I'm constantly on social media watching things and maybe I should just like chill out and I do that before I go to bed. So when I wake up, I do feel a little like weird because maybe I sleep and think about it while I'm sleeping, you know? So, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm trying to get through. How are you feeling? I'm feeling the exact same way as you. Um, it is very tough to see what is going on right now. Um, but obviously, the things that are going on right now is it's nothing new, right? You know, racism has never died down. Racism has never stopped happening. There has always been, you know, racist and heinous acts um, against Black people since the beginning of time. So I feel you on that. It's, it's, it's like you want to put your phone down. You want to feel like you're doing more. You want to feel like you want to feel like that you are, you know, trying to stay in the known, trying to get as much as information as possible and trying to support as much as you can. Um, but at some point in time, like, you also have to realize, too, that, like, your mental health does start to deteriorate uh, after just seeing all of that stuff over and over and over again. But I do struggle with uh, putting down my phone and, and, and staying off of social media at this point in time. But I love that social media... Is keeping some of us informed. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the, absolutely. I love that social media is keeping us informed because, you know, had it not been for social media, the only thing that we would really have to have it to depend on is, you know, the news and radio stations and newspapers and stuff like that. And, you know, realistically speaking, um, those are outlets that are heavily censored. Yeah, definitely. Um and that's what I was feeling. I was feeling like, oh, maybe I should stay on social media because I'm getting, you know, the information that I need. Um, and then I'm like, uh, this is a lot because then I have to look at my own identity as a black man and seeing other black men in America um, being murdered on camera without any remorse from the police the cops and other you know white people who are harming and and and, and killing us off like it is it, like these heinous crimes against black folks against black people um it's just it's just wild to me and to see it as a black man like that could be me today that could be me tomorrow um it really, it really tampered with my, my mental health and my emotional stability. Um, but like you said, um, tapping into social media and really, you know, delving into the information that's given and things like that. I think that it's, it's dope to have that, especially from, you know, the black community. I love seeing black people uh, talk about what they're informed about. Like, I love seeing black people post stuff 
that's like super informative and mm-hmm. and it's 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 need based right now. Like it's a need base. It, yeah. It's a need for us to understand what's happening, what's going on, and I and I so love that so much. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other end, I'm feeling like this is a lot for me. It really is. Um, and I just I've been feeling like, dang, I can't even bask in my glory. I can't bask in the fact that I just graduated with my masters. I can't bask in the fact that I'm getting closer with my family. I can't bask in the fact that, you know, um, I'm starting to really delve into my career. I can't bask in the fact that, you know, this is a new step in my life with all this other stuff happening. Um, it's it's just ridiculous. And it, and it's so sad that it's happening while we're in a pandemic like it's just so it just like we just don't win at all yeah like we just don't yeah it's rough it's rough and um just with everything that is going on right now with riots um with with folks expressing um their anger and their hurt um i just want to say you know i support people in this case, black people, uh, because we have been oppressed for so, so many years, for so, so, so many years. And um, I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people forget the history behind rioting and the history mm-hmm. behind, you know, a lot of <laughs> these demonstrations that have, you know, helped us prove a point to, to some extent. And right. um, I just feel like. You have to let people feel what they feel, and you have to let people express those the way that they that that hurt. And I understand right. everyone doesn't you know agree with rioting, but I'm for it. I, I you know yeah I'm usually like the person that's mm-hmm. like on on the side like no nah, let's not like riot let's not do this, but I'm also like yeah let's do this like let's let's get it. But you in know this case, let's do this. In this case, it's kind of like you can't tell people to be calm and like. You know, be peaceful. And that that could... I'm going to just say this, and I'm going to get into my next point after this. People have been telling, especially white people, and, and a lot of black people too, um, been telling other black folks that they should protest peacefully, be peaceful. How can you tell us to be peaceful when this, when this, when America has never had a place for us to be peaceful We've never had a time to be peaceful. We've never mm. had that slavery. We've never been ha- y'all. Y'all came in and interrupted our peace. Mm-hmm. Y'all came into the motherland and took away everything that was peaceful to us: mm-hmm. the land, mm-hmm. the gold, the food, you know, the goods. And y'all came in and y'all took that away from us. So y'all set this up for us to be this way be peaceful no we're not peaceful right now we we've been trying to be at peace we we're fighting for our peace and a fight peace and a fight to get our peace is to show you like this is we're rioting we're we're mad right now you're gonna give us peace because this ain't what y'all want y'all don't want this right here so give us our peace our peace is stop killing us leave us the fuck alone Okay, provide us with access that we can do what the hell that we want, any and everything that we want to do. Like, leave us alone. Stop telling us to be peaceful when this world was never set up for us to be pe- to have peace. Never. Exactly. The system of nothing. So the system has never been on our side. Leave us alone. Exactly. Now we out here wilding. So don't 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 play with me. Don't but you know what? Even through all of this, the one person that I think about, and I and 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 and, and it will sound funny, but I think about my mother because I think that mm. I'm gonna tell you why. Because my mother would be, if my mother, yes. God rest my mother's soul, if my mother was alive right now, and I told her that I wanted to go out and protest, she, you going <laughs> out there to do what? You ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah, she will be wilding on me. So I be thinking about my mom, like, yo, mm-hmm. will my mother let me go out? Like, mm-hmm. even as a 26-year-old, right? I'm just like, will my mm-hmm. mother allow me to go out there and do that? Like, you know what I mean? I don't think my mother was that type of person. Like, she didn't go out and protest. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't, mm-hmm. like, she wasn't that type of person. Like, she was a mom, her business type of person. And it wasn't that she wasn't for her people, but she wasn't mm-hmm. into it, like, how we are now. So, like, I be thinking about her, mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot, like... You know, with my biological mom, yeah. I feel like she'd be out there yeah. with me. You know what I mean? Like, 
But my adopted mom, she'd be like, uh-uh, no. You gonna go out there? That's stupid. You going out there to do that? And I'd be like, damn. Like, you know what? It's because, like, our, our parents... Um, our parents know that this world is a really fucked up place. And I think that our parents have, you know, tried to do a good job raising this current generation to, you know, be aware of what the fuck is going on in the world. Um, also at the same time, like fighting for your rights. And, you know, I feel you like my mom, you know, she probably would be like, Chance, yeah, uh-uh, don't you go out there. I don't want nothing to happen to you. Um, but I also think in the same sense that my mom would be like, you know what, I don't want you to go out there because I don't want anything to happen to you. But I also realize what's going on in the world today, what's going on in the world right now. And this shit is not cool. Right. Exactly. And my mom, you know, she was born in the, in the sixties. So she was mm-hmm. born during a, a peak of time where, you know, racism and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, you know, and the riots, something like that, where, you know, civil rights movement was at its peak. Um, mm-hmm. and, and she, 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 she's done her fair share back in the day, but now, you know, I think that, you know, she, uh, she she is so like she's 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 a christian and so i know she's just a praying mother and a praying woman and i know she's just probably like at home like praying for all of this to get better and i right. do believe that and 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 for you know for people who are christian and identify as christian and i identify as christian i do believe talking to god does help um but i also feel like prayer without work um is dead right and so sometimes when you're praying for something, if you're praying for change, if you're praying for peace, if you're praying for anything, what type of work are you putting in to, mm. to, um, to you know, to make that happen? Right. Um, so as me and Charles are talking about our parents, today's episode uh, to kind of just switch gears is parental as fuck. Yes. But we wanted to talk about, you know, just the importance of everything that's going on in the country now to let y'all know, like, you know, although our platform is a new one, we are going to do our best to share as much as information as we can and to be as supportive as we can. But also still keep in mind that the mind does need a break from time to time. And sometimes you have to take a break to to get yourself together. Rest, but don't quit. Right. You know, rest if you rest if you must, but don't you quit. I like that. You know? Rest, but don't quit. You know, you know, rest of you must, but don't you quit. My Greeks should that. know that. My Greeks should know that piece of information. I'm going to leave it there. Okay. But <laughs> um, parental as fuck. Um, oof. P- parenting. Uh, parenting the black. Let's, let's, let's talk about upbringings. So you mentioned your adopted mother. You mentioned mm-hmm. your, um, your paternal, your, uh, your biological mother. I mm-hmm. mentioned my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a single parent household. Me too. I grew up in a single parent household. Um, my dad passed away when I was six. Mm-hmm. Um, he was killed by a drunk driver. Wow. And so, yeah. And so I I know I knew him, but not mm-hmm. not I don't remember it because it's, you know, we're also talking about something that happened like mm-hmm. 19 years ago. And I, you know, I'll be 26 this year. And so mm-hmm. I was so young when it happened. But um my upbringing, and I've mentioned this before on previous episodes, I grew up in a very uh, strict Christian household. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up going to church mm-hmm. uh, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was in church a few times a week. Um, I, it was just me and my, my sister. Mm-hmm. And that was us. Period. I, I had my mom, my mom dated. She was engaged. Um, she was engaged once, mm-hmm. one engagement that I can vividly remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had boyfriends, but, mm-hmm. uh, she never put a man before me and my sister. She never did that. Period. Uh, she, she was very much so about her kids and she was very much so about, um, making sure that, uh, we were better than her and that we had better and that we did better. Um, and that we reached our full potential. Right. But she was also very strict. Mm, and she was also that. she was also very it's either my way or the highway. Ooh. And and I feel like um 
a lot of us who grow up in black households, um, <laughs> we can kind of relate to, you know, our parents being, you know, like not necessarily if your parents strict, but them just saying, you know what, like, this is how we're going to do things in our house. This is it. Um, you know, I feel like there are uh, three, uh, <laughs> principles that you know i feel like you you hear in a black household just things you hear in a black household right you know i, I could i could think you know one what goes on in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. i could think of that i could think of you know i took you in this world and i will take you out of this world <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and and i can think of you know chancy you can't be writing about this house you okay. either pick one you either stay in or you stay outside <laughs> Okay. I can think of so many things about my childhood, just things that I heard my mom said, things that I heard my mom tell me, and um, how that played into the person that I am today. Right. Um, and Ooh, so child. that's my upbringing. So I want to hear about your upbringing before we get into the meat and the potatoes. Yeah. So my upbringing is unique. I feel like I always bring a unique uh, perspective to things, and I I, I love that. You know, you talked you about do. yours and how it, it it differs from mine. So mm-hmm. growing up, I did say a little earlier, um, a few minutes ago, like when you were like, "Oh yeah, um, I was raised by a single parent." I was like, "Me too." I had to think about it. Um, so my mom had a partner who was a woman, um, who I called my aunt as a young child. I didn't realize that they were partners. Everybody knew, like I said before, in my last podcast. I mean, on the last episode that we did, or one of the episodes we did talking about you know her and her relationship and so i was raised by two women um for majority of my childhood up until like seventh grade until they like dispersed from one another so i've always had them two um and on my uh biological uh side i had my mom right i had my mom i also had my aunt and i also had my oldest brother um, my oldest brother, I looked up to him as my father. Um, and he was uh incarcerated for some time. And even then, I was excited to get letters from him. I was excited to talk to him. I was excited. I never looked at him as like a criminal. I never looked at him as like he was like my brother, but I looked up to him. He was like my father. That was the closest to a man that I had uh growing up. And so I always was like. Yeah, like this is this is like, you know, this is dope. Like I have different um perspectives of like growing up, you know, like my 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 um biological mom versus my adoptive mom, like their way of um parenting were two different ways of parenting, but the the concept was the same. Like they still said the same thing, you know what I mean? My my biological mom, I would go over to mm-hmm. her house on the weekend. So that's a great thing. Like I'm blessed in that aspect that one, I, I'm privileged to not have been in a system where I've been in and out of homes. Right. Um two, I was my my adoptive mom was not the type of person to keep me away from my biological family. So I knew them my entire life. And I was able to go spend time with my mom whenever I chose to, like on the weekends or when I had like breaks or anything like that. So my uh, adopted mom was very strict. She was very strict. She uh, didn't even want to let me outside until the sun went down type of strict. Like, the sun got to go down before you go outside. You ain't going nowhere. The sun's still out. Like, baby girl, that's what I I want. I want to go play in the sun. (laughs) Like, I need the sun to have some vitamin D. Like, the sun keeps me happy. She didn't realize Mm -hmm. it at that time. You know what I mean? It's just a kid trying to go outside and things like that. She was very strict in that way. Had to be in the house a certain time. Um, There were certain things that I could and couldn't do in the house. Um, it was it was very striking. Anybody who knows my mother, my um, if y'all know Patty Dukes, y'all know how she is. Like even some of my friends who live down the street, they know. Like you know, Miss Pat was Miss Pat was a mess, but you know, we know we 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 knew her and we loved her. Like you know what I mean? Like she was that. Like but she was strict. She was very strict, and I came I became rebellious a little when I was able to go and do things on my own. Um, mm, but on my see, there I, wasn't no room for that in my house. Oh, I, I made room for it. Oh, I made room for it. Oh, baby, I made room for it. And I feel bad because okay. I made her feel it. Like, I made her feel it. My anger, everything that I was feeling about her, everything mm-hmm. that I was feeling like she was being so strict. It was to the point where, and I think this is across the board, but, like, 
the minute I open the refrigerator, it's like, what you going in the refrigerator for? You just ate. Like, going off, like, leave it alone. Like, I'm, I want to get something to drink. Like, or if I'm, like, <laughs> tiptoeing to go somewhere in the house, where you going? Why you going in yeah. there? Ain't nothing in there for you. It's like, damn, like, I got to be secluded to my room. Now, on the other hand, my um, biological mom, she was the m- mother that let me at 12, 13, get on the bus by myself and go to the skating ring every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Oh, wow. She was the type of person to throw me in the cab, like, pay your cab and go where you need to go. She was the type of person where I was like, hey, I want to spend a night at my friend's house. Like, I would literally go to my mother's house on a weekend to have an excuse to spend, to be able to spend a night at my friend's house because I knew if I stayed home on the weekend and I I wasn't able to go. I knew my mother. I knew, I, I played it. I knew both of them well. I wanted to go to a party. It was on the weekend. I'm going to Eunice's house because Eunice's going to let me go. Eunice's going to give me a little $5. She's going to let me go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's going to let me do what I do. So, like, when I needed time to, like, do what I wanted to do, then I would go over there. But it was it was challenging for me because I felt like I had two different, like, styles of, like, parenting. And a lot of times I felt lost. I felt like, damn, well, you know, should I listen to this person or should I listen to that person? And I heard a lot of, like, you know, crazy stuff growing up that, like, to this day, I laugh at. I'd be like, ha, 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 that's funny. But then it wasn't funny to me. It was like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, I understand. I and understand. I was like, okay, wow. So that's my my perspective. Um, it, I, I feel you on the, on the uh, perspective where one of your moms was really, really strict with you and, and wouldn't let you do anything because that's literally how my mom was. Um, and I loved that you were able to have that freedom, you know, in your house, in one of the homes that you, that you had with one of your parents. Uh, let me tell you something, Miss <laughs> Page, my mother, child, <laughs> she, she put you out. Oh, she, and, and she, she did. She was very she was strict. She was very my way or the highway. And this is, you know, you're not going to be able to do this in my house. That and was Patty Dukes. My mom put my sister out. She put her out. Oh. Yeah, she did. She put I her could, out. And I, yeah, I, and I think remember, I told you a little uh-huh. bit of this story, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, yeah I, I think I told that. you a little bit of this story. I remember that. I could remember when my mom put me out a few times. <laughs> she did. Get, get the... Excuse my language. Get the fuck out of my house. Leave. Get out. Get out. Okay. You want to be on the streets? Bye. Go. And I didn't <laughs> left. I didn't walk across the town. I took an hour to walk from where, one place to another. I didn't hmm. walk back. Like, ah, uh, she going to let me Been back in the house. Been around the world and now nine, 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 nine. Period. <laughs> Like, I've been put out a few times, but I don't think I've been put out a few times where it's been like, get out, you never coming back. Like, it's kind of like, get out, because you're you, you pissing me off. But I took it as, you kicking me out your house, you don't love me, you put me on the streets. And I don't think parents understand that. At, you know, when they're frustrated and upset that you you literally putting your kids out on the street for them to get harmed and hurt. Like, if something happened to me, you know, being put out... um. It would be a big thing, right? It would be, like, such a big thing. But, like, I think that when parents do that, it's kind of like... Not all parents, but I feel like when parents do that, it's kind of like, get out my face type of thing. Like, leave me alone. Like, I need a break from you because, like, you, you're pissing me off. It's not kind of like putting you out for good because I don't love mm-hmm. you. But as a kid and as a teenager, I didn't understand that. I yearned the love from my mother, and I felt like I wasn't getting it like that. I really mm-hmm. felt like that. And that just goes to show, like, the way that she probably was brought up, the way that her parents raised her, the way that she Very only knew so. how to be, you know, Very a mother. So. You know what I mean? So And a lot of people and a lot of people don't understand that too, that like your parents are doing only what they know how to do, what has been taught to them. And, they're doing the you know, best like that I they said, can. They, they're doing the best that they can. And like I said, like a lot of our parents, you know, our parents, they were born, you know, during like the the 60s or the 70s or some of our parents were even born in the 50s and there was just a different era of parenting back then like you just could not 
do certain things and say certain things to your parents in those days and think that was going to be, you know, no repercussions. Like, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, you know, we, my mother believed in, you know, uh, uh, getting the belt. And, and putting the belt to our asses. My mother okay? believed in picking up whatever was in her motherfucking vicinity and throwing it. And that was Shut just that. Up. And if whatever happened to you, just happened to you. Right. Okay? It yeah, happened to and- you, and you better not go out and tell them people what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> you better not go tell nobody, okay? You better not go tell nobody. And if you do, you better <laughs> say this happened. Because I ain't trying to kill you. I ain't trying to harm you. You just move, okay. you just moved a certain way and it just hit you. You shouldn't have been running that mouth. You shouldn't have been running that mouth. <laughs> That's what you get. I bet you won't say nothing else. And then knowing that they wrong. You hungry? You want to eat? Get in here and get this you food. Wanted- That's your apology? That's, That's your, your apology? apology? Uh-uh. My mother believed in picking up whatever. God rest her soul. And I love her down. And everybody knows. So I ain't saying nothing that's unusual about her. Anybody who knew Pat knew. She picked up an extension cord. She picked up a broom. Tell you, If she was feeling nice, you would have to go out and get a switch for her. If she was feeling nice, you would get a switch. You better be glad she asked you to go get a switch, okay? okay. Go get a switch from one of them trees. Okay. And, and bring I it in. God, I- I thank God that I did not get the switch. I, I I thank God that I didn't. I really, I really, honestly do. I got I got the remote sometimes. I got the belt. You know, sometimes I even got a hand. I got the um, nugget. You know, like when you, it's it's the way um, the parents. I don't know if people realize. My mother, she used to do this thing with her middle finger. She used to like ball her fist up, right? And she used to take it like the middle finger, like a little like it'll be pointed out extra, and she'll. Dig, she will dig in your skin like, like tapping you real hard. I'm like, ma, like what, like what is this? Like what, what you, you doing? doing? Why you doing all that? <laughs> Just make a regular you fist. You don't gotta. She used to do this weird thing with her hand to like. That's how I knew she was real mad. Like, and you used to get up on my butt, and you she used to get me, and I used to be like, that hurt. That hurt. That hurt. And she's screaming, how you think I feel when you when you ain't listening? I'm hurt, too. I'm like, all right, so hurt people just hurt people. Okay, hurt cool. People. Okay, cool. I I was a good child for the most part. So my sister was the not, one who was getting the means. I was getting and that ass whipped. See, I see, you know what it was? I was one of them kids where like I tried one thing one time and I was like, you know what? Like I learned my lesson. Like I remember one time I was jumping up and down on the bed and my mom was like, Chancey, stop all that motherfucking jumping. <laughs> and, 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 and I jumped, I jumped all the way up on the bed, right? Jumped so high, Charles. Lots of you know, I probably was like five or six. I hit the ceiling and I had a little scratch on my forehead. And she said, Now look at you. You gotta wear a band-aid tomorrow to school. And bitch, I had class pictures that day. Ooh. I remember I was like five and she told me, Chancey, step away from that fire because she was cooking on the stove. And I don't know what I was so fascinated about. I walked right up to the stove, Charles. You know what? I did that too. And I, and I, but we had, we had the, we, uh, we had the, we had the gas stoves. I mean, what, what's the stove that, um, what's the stove that don't require no fire? Oh, that's the electric. That's the electric. Okay, yeah, okay. We had the electric stove. Mm -hmm. I walked right up to the electric stove, and I put two of my fingers on it, and I stood there for two seconds, and then I started crying. And my mom was like, fucking look at you. I told you not to go over there and touch that stove. (laughs) And so, like, I learned my lessons real early on as a child. Like, I was like, okay, like, I did one thing once, one thing once, and I never did it again. And I disobeyed once, never did it again. Um, And so, you know, for me, like, Keeping in mind that there's some traditions within a black household, but there are some things that take place in the black household that can be toxic. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, it was like the forcing of the religion onto me and my sister. Not that I don't believe in God, because I very much so do. But I feel like when you force your child to do anything and you're not listening to your child because it's just like you're saying like, oh, it's my way or it's the highway. Like, you know, it's like you're not hearing your child out. You're not listening to what they want, what they need, what they hurt. And with me, because my mom was so strict growing up, I did not come to her about a lot of stuff 
that I was going through at school when I would be going back and forth with my friends or I was mm-hmm. getting, you know, or when I was and I would be getting in trouble and she not be really understanding exactly what happened at that moment in time or, mm-hmm. you know, when I was uh, trying to come to terms with who I was as a person and my right. identities, right. you know, because because I just grew up in a strict household so much and it was just like, listen, things got to be this way. I was like, okay, well, things just got to be this way. And so when I went away to college, that was my outlet because it was like I was such a sheltered child. I was so constrained and I just didn't, wasn't able to do anything. And even though I was strict, even though she was strict and even though I was in a strict household, I thank God for that. Yeah, I do too. It was, it was a little, it was toxic at times. Yeah. But, but I feel like the upbringing that I had has given me the work ethic that I have and has given me the moral compass that I have because I'm just not out here selling myself short. Yeah. Or looking for people to find, you know, to, to reassure like my self-worth because, and I say this all the time with my mom, you know, I, I grew up in a house of love. Mm. I had unconditional love. And although she was as tough as she was, as strict as she was, she loved us. She always told us that she loved us. She did things. That, sh- that showed her love. She was definitely not perfect by any means necessary. But Ooh. the house that I grew up in, I had so much love in. And so it sometimes will hurt my feelings when I hear people uh, talk about their relationships with their parents or I hear people talk about their upbringing with their parents. And I just think, oh my gosh, like I was so lucky. You know, that's interesting because for me, uh, ooh. I felt the opposite. Okay. I felt that I didn't grow up in a house of love. I felt like my mother hated me. God rest her soul. But I felt like that. And it wasn't that she did. It was just that she was going through her own thing. She only knew how to raise me the way that she knew how to raise me. And for a while, I was like, I want to get out of this. I, I, I can't. Like, you know... I feel like for me, most of my childhood was toxic. (laughs) That's how I felt, like, even now. And again, it's not to talk bad about her because I love her down and I'm going to get to where I'm at now with my ideas about parenting and, um, you know, guardianship. Um, So then I was rebellious. I was upset. I was looking for attention. Um, I felt like a lot of things that I went through uh, home, uh, inform how I act in the streets, inform how I act with friends, how I inform how I am in, um, intimate relationships with, uh, other men, how, you know, I am at work, just different things. Because I think about a lot of things that happened when I was, when I was a kid. Um, and so for me going away to college was my escape. And I, I, when I went away to college, I said, fuck everybody and everything that didn't mean me no good, even if it was my mother. I hardly called her. I hardly talked to her. She called me. I would ignore her phone calls. Like, I remember you, like, dubbing some of her phone calls. You remember that, right? Like I remember that. I, like, I, remember, I remember that. never answer for her. Like, you yeah, you never your mother. I'll call her later. And she I will always tell you, like, pick up the phone. And I'll be like, you know, my, because mine's called me three times a day. Yes, I, your mother called you a lot. And I saw, I was like, <laughs> him and his mother, I'm like, not me and Patricia. And I felt like when I went away <laughs> is when she started to lighten up so much more. But it just was so hard for me to accept her at that point because I was done. But she was l- figuring out that she missed me. And she just didn't know how to express it. I heard her tell me she loved me one time. And I could remember that when she said it. And it was so awkward when she said it. And I was a kid. I remember it, though. I remember that one time. Oh, my God, I'm getting emotional. It was that one time. And, like, I hold on to it so much now. Like, um, and it's not that I didn't think that she didn't love me. after. Like, after that, I was like, okay, she does love me. But she just don't know how to express it in certain ways like her way of expressing is you got a roof over your head you got food you got clothes i send you to school clean 
Mm-hmm. When it's time to put money into something, I put money into it, but it was never like a, come here, let me hug you. Come here, little, like, come here, my little snooker butt. Like, that wasn't her. That was not her. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to be up under her, like, it wouldn't have been like I, I was a I was intimidated a lot about my um yeah I was intimidated when in terms of my mom so like when I went away I hardly came home for like breaks and Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas I didn't do it I tried my best to stay where I was at um mm-hmm. I just wanted to be away I didn't want anybody to uh bring me back to where I was and a lot of what I was going through my first year of college was I was I was finding myself like so you know me i was dressing in leggings i was dressing in fringe shirts i was dressing with my bags like i was being myself because i was away and i was finally mm-hmm. open to figuring myself out now is mm-hmm. that me now no do i judge people like that now no that's them that's their truth but for me i was trying to figure out what my truth was and i couldn't do that at home because of all of the strict things you know what i mean like and i and i i i i hear that yeah, and I hear that. I, I, I'm I'm just like so. What brings me to my point now to who I am today? I was starting to get closer with my mom when I found when I finally came home from college, and this was in 2017 when I finished my my first degree. Mm-hmm. I came home, but I was at my aunt's house. Mm-hmm. But I had keys to everybody's house. Like I, I, that was me. Like I was I was so welcomed oh, in absolutely. everyone's house that I had keys to everyone's house. So if I wanted to stay the night or if I wanted to stay whenever, however, I was, it was like that for me. And it's still like that for me now. I have keys to everybody's house. I could, I could go and say, Hey, I'm here. What's up? I can lay down and take a break and whatever. So I used to go over there and this is when she started getting real sick. And I was like, damn, we don't have time. Like I don't have the time to get close with my mom. Like she's, Everything about her is depleting. Like, I don't have that time. And so without even asking her and talking to her, I forgave her. I didn't even have to talk to her. I forgave her and I made peace with what was about to happen. When she passed away, I made peace. I made peace with it, but I did cry a lot. And that year was really rough for me because I was like, damn, I wish I would have had... I started blaming myself. Like, damn, I wish I would have just, you know, learned how to talk to her more, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. like... Even with my biological mom now, that's my best. That's sorry, that's my bitch. Eunice, period. That's period. my bitch. Like, I've been not calling my mother bitch, Eunice. but that's my bitch now. Like, me and her went through some stuff, but me and her could sit at the table for hours and talk about everything. She get on my mm. nerves. She set on her ways, and she do a lot of stuff that I don't agree with. You know, and I be upset with her, but that's my mama. And I got so close to her. So when I see other people talk about their parents, how they don't like their parents and this and that and third, I get emotional. I get real upset because I'm like, I lost a parent and I wasn't even able to get that time back. So now I'm able to 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 mend things with my biological mom, even if, Mm -hmm. you know, it was something that harmed me back in the day. And it's so crazy because we had a conversation. I'm going to let you get to, you know, I know you have something to say. We had a conversation about triggers and about trauma. And I never thought that I would get to that point because I never saw my mother as the type of person who, no shade, and she's not dumb, but I never looked at her as an intellectual person because I felt like I was too intimidated to talk to her in general because Mm -hmm. of her parenting styles that I never could talk to her in a way that she would understand me. But now I brought up the, she was telling me about her childhood and her traumas and i started bawling on the phone she said you crying and i was like yeah i'm crying like i'm getting emotional right now again oh um and she was telling me a lot of things that went on with her and i blamed her so much and i was so judgmental of her because of how she was treating me and how she was being a parent and like Mm -hmm. i'm like i live around the corner from you and you can't Take me back. Like, you can't, like, I, I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to be here no more. I want to be with you now. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. then didn't realize, like, what the agreements were between family. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. understand that until it came out later on. But anyway, mm-hmm. she was telling me about her trauma and everything that she went through and why she is who she is now and why she treat each and every one of her children a certain way. And I started, started crying. And she's like, yeah. you crying? I'm like, yeah, I'm crying because I, I, I blamed you for a lot, and now I understand you way more than what I did before. 
And we talked about like how she told me how her stepfather didn't really like her. He was very nasty to her and um, her sister didn't get that treatment. She was very like, she was like the, the child who got everything. And she was like, her, her stepfather used to wake her up in the, uh, the middle of the night, screaming at her, telling her to go downstairs and wash those dishes that she didn't wash the day before. Two, three o'clock in the morning, you waking up a teen girl or a ba- uh, or or a kid to go wash dishes three o'clock in the morning. You don't know how traumatizing, one, it is to yell at somebody when they sleep. If you ever notice when you wake people up, they wake up startled. It's the way that you wake people up. You have to wake them yes. up calmly. That's why on our phones, we have the option of, gradual like the gradual alarm because Mm -hmm. you hear like the small sounds and then it gets louder and it gets louder and it gets louder that's the perfect way to wake up you screaming at somebody is trauma for them Mm -hmm. so she used to do that to us and when she said it i said ma you realize you used to do that to us she was like wow i didn't realize that i used to do that to y'all I did not, and I was like, "Did you do you understand how traumatizing that that was for us as kids?" She said, "Now, yes, I understand that." And we talked about that, and we got through that. And like each time we talk, it's always something where I'm asking her a lot of questions. I'm like, "I'm sorry, mom, ask you a lot of questions." She said, "No, you're supposed to ask me questions." We're to that point where I'm asking her questions about her being, um, um, a teenage girl, um, being a young woman being mm-hmm. someone who never had custody of all her children uh, yeah. until later on. And my mom is doing damn good for herself. Like, she's doing damn good for herself. She's still in the hood, but she, guess what? She does the hood godmother. Anybody who knows Eunice, too, knows Eunice will give you the shirt off her back. She keeps her doors open, literally. And you could walk up, hey, Miss Eunice, you got this, you got that. Yeah, baby, I got this, I got that. She might yell at you, but she's going to give it to you. Like, my mother is the hood godmother. Like, and I love how she interacts with people. And that's how she is, is how I am. Like, literally, I'm just like an image of her. And for a long time, I didn't want to be that. For a long time, Mm. I did not want to be that because I didn't look at her like Mm -hmm. in a positive way. I always mm-hmm. look at her as a negative in a negative way. So when I started looking at her as po- in a positive way, I'm like, I'm actually a lot like my mother. I'm actually it's, a lot like her. So. It's so scary how much we are like our parents and we mm-hmm. don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And like just hearing you like get emotional talking about your mom is like one is the most like beautiful thing and most transparent thing in the world to me. Like, cause I was oh, my like, oh my gosh, gosh yes, like, and. You know, for me, it's like, first things first, you are so strong because I talk about, like, I talk about my mother all the time. I talk about how I love my mother all the time. Yes, and you love your mother so much. Oh, my God. You know, and my my mother, my mother is all that I have. Yeah. And a lot of people really don't know that about me. A lot of people yeah. don't know that, like, I don't talk to my other family like that, that my other family really doesn't mess with me like that. Right. And, you know, so I just I, I really like it. I hate when I hear people talk about like their relationships with their mom and their dad or like it just breaks my heart when I oh hear people who have like who yes. have like lost a parent because I already I already know that pain to lose a parent and I, I like but I wasn't young enough to like process that pain right and so you know just hearing you talk about your mom you know but but just seeing like all that you accomplished and like everything that has you know been going for you since then because i remember when that happened Mm -hmm. um i don't know what i'm gonna do right i don't know what i'm gonna do and i love that you and her are still like able to have that banter because like you know now my mom and i like we we've, we've always been close um, but I feel like now, like, we're so close to a point where, like, she can pick up the phone and she can call me and we can talk about things and we can talk about stuff. And right. similar to what you said, like, there are things that I don't agree with that, you know, happened in my childhood that, you know, were not good. You know, I could I could so, like, respect that, like, my mom, you know, like, my mom for me and my sister, like, you know, she tried to show us as much love as she can, but like our my my, my sister's relationship, with my mom is really strained. And you know, once you know uh, the relationship between my mom and my sister became so strained, a lot of the other family members really started to bash my mom mm. based off of you know what my sister and my grandmother and my grandfather, God rest his soul, were saying. Right. Um. And my grandparents played an integral part in raising me. I do not want to leave them out of that story as well. They did. Um. 
but you know you sometimes like our our parents are really doing the best that we can and we don't really always understand everything that is happening in that moment in time because we're just too young to understand it we're just too young to understand it like i mean i can i remember when uh I remember when um, we lost our home mm. and I was homeless my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, this is around the time that I had got my first job. And um, I just don't even remember blaming my mom. Right. I don't even remember like being upset with my mom and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think it was just because like I saw everything that she was going through as her being a single parent and her really like been struggling for the last like 15 years to raise me and my sister. Mm. Um, and my sister was already with my grandparents at this point in time because when my mom had at, you know put her out due to everything that she was doing, she had been staying with my grandparents this whole entire time. So when we became homeless, it was just me and my mom. And I just remember like sticking by my mom's back because like, I saw how everybody else turned their backs on her. Right. And how, like, nobody wanted to help her and nobody wanted to do anything for her. And, you know, things happen in people's past. And like you said, people aren't perfect. Um, But I feel like that, like, experience alone, it brought us closer together. And that's when I realized, you know, that's when I started to realize that my mom really cared about me and, you know, really tried to do everything that she could, even though, like, we were going through that terrible time in our life. that I was just like, wow, like, you know, like, family is, sometimes families really aren't perfect, and sometimes families are really toxic, and I just, I never, like, I look back on it, and I never really blamed her for it. Right. I was upset, because I was going through something that I felt like nobody else in my friend group was going through. Right. And I was embarrassed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, my mom struggled for a few years, but I knew that like she did the best that she could. And, right. You know, she eventually got her stuff back together. And now, like you said, your mom is doing great. Like, you know, my mom is like doing amazing now, but there was like a period in time for, you know, at least about like five, six years where, you know, things, shit was rocky. Right. Right. And you know, you're so strong and it's, it's, it's so brave of you to talk about that. Cause a lot of people don't, they, you know, they, I feel like, as fuck the podcast is very transparent. We're very transparent people. So I feel like you being transparent in that moment and talking about that. Oh I was homeless three times. Wow. Chancy. I was I was I was homeless when I started school at Centenary, but a lot of people don't know that. No, at all. A lot of people don't know that. Like my mom was living with a family friend. Um we had got on our feet, got things together, and then right before I went away to school, I didn't know how I was gonna go away to school. Wow, Chanty. Oh and my gosh. When I tell you, and I'm I'm getting I'm just getting emotional talking about when I, I tell you I felt so guilty leaving my mom. Ooh. I felt I felt so guilty. She's pushing me though. She was like, Chancy, like you have to go away to school. Oh like you have God. to, like you have to do this. I felt I felt so bad. But like when I had got up to school, that's why like it was so important for me. To, to get there and really like do what I had to do. That's why like I was in tunnel vision most of the time that I was absent because yes. like I yes. had to like, I, I knew that I was there like for a purpose, purpose. and I'll get more into like my educate, like into like education and all that on a, on a different podcast, like yeah. the history of education in my black family. But yeah, I knew that I was there for a reason. And like, I knew like in my mind, I'm just thinking like my mom has busted her ass to raise me and she has struggled so much. And I was doing the degree, and I was there because I wanted to be there. Right. And I, and I knew that I wanted to be there as well, but I also knew, like, I can't fuck this up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I feel that. I have to make something out of myself. Wow. My mother didn't that. raise me to be that way. She didn't raise me to, like, you know, not go after what I want or to just to sit at home and, like, just, you know, not make anything of myself. Like, I came here, I'm like, Chancey, like, you have to do, like, you have to. Wow. That's really like I appreciate you for sharing that. And you again, you are strong. Like your mother is strong and she taught you how to be strong and she put that love inside of you. And it shows each and every 
day with you in each and every way, the way you interact with people, the way you interact with your friends, the way you interact with her, the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, you do the things you do, the way your walk of life just shows how strong you are and how much, you know, she put into you and she invested into you. And I am grateful for her to have created such a beautiful person like you because a lot of times when we think about our families, we think about mm-hmm. the blood, right? We think about, oh yeah, that's my blood cousin. But when you really think about family, family is the people who you're connected to and who will do uh, things for you out of love yes. and who will just yes. be there for you and pour into you. And so for me, you and a few other people, a lot of other people who are my friends are my family. Like, Yes. That that's just that's just that. And so what I will say is that our parents have placed in inside of us or instilled inside of us that love that we can um disseminate to other people or give to other people. Like mm-hmm. I, I I love that so much and like binding um relationships with your parents and really trying to be cohesive with your your mother or your father and like for us we talk about our our mothers for other people this might be the same for them and their fathers like but this for me my mom and you know i think that another another thing that really made me understand and realize my mother and her parental skills because it, it's it's a skill and people gotta realize yes. that, that needs to be put on a resume like what what you know? What job have you? A mother, a parent. A mother, is a, a parent is a, is a skill. What are your skills? Being a mother, mm-hmm. being a parent, it's a skill. And so everybody can't know, do it. Everybody can't do it. And I'm and, and it is interesting because I was blaming and bashing my mother for not doing it, not realizing that my mother. Okay, my mother had five children. She had my oldest brother, and she had my second oldest brother, which he um. Unfortunately, I have never met my old, I never met him. It's my older brother. Um, that's a you know, older than me, and then it's my oldest brother. But my brother, um, in front of me or behind me, I never met him because um, my mom and she she shares this story, so I can share it too. My mom was on the streets. My mom was on the streets. She was she was she was doing her thing, and so she never had custody of her kids. Like. My oldest brother, he went through everything with my mother. He saw her on the streets. He saw everything that she went through. And so even to this day, he's kind of like scarred from it, right? Um, and then it was me. Um, and then it was my old, my youngest brother. We both were adopted. He lived in Florida for a while. I lived up here. Then my mom got pregnant with her daughter, which is my youngest sister. And my mother didn't have the opportunity, or she didn't take the opportunity to be a mother until... My sister was born and that's when she became a mother and that's when she was learning. So my sister was actually her first child. It was her first child that she raised and and that was her chance of raising a child. So she was focused on her and how to, you know, make sure she was good, that she kind of forgot everybody else that she had. And it wasn't her fault. It was just the fact that like, I have another chance at being a mother and I'm taking it and I'm a put all I can into this, into my baby girl. Like mm-hmm. th- this is my baby girl. And she was also, my mother says like, she was one of the main reasons why she had gotten off of drugs because she had to go to rehab with her. Like she had to go to rehab with her. And if it wasn't for her, then she wouldn't have went to rehab. So my mother, po- she put a lot into my sister and she also felt like her growing up as a, as a, as a kid, she didn't have that love from her mother. So she, she mm-hmm. tries to make sure my sister gets it. Yeah. So this is the only time that she knows how to be a mother. It's kind of like being right. a mother for the first time, like I said, for her. Yeah, right. she has other kids, but this is her first time being a mother. And I didn't understand that. I just was like, yo, you got all these kids. You had time to do it, not realizing, like, her traumas and why she doing what she do. And so I gave my mother that chance, again, to be a mother to me, even as a 26-year-old. Like, and that's I still like, feel like, so- yeah, I still feel 18 around my mom. Like, Our this is first. Yeah, our parents are human. Our I still parents feel, are human. I still feel like a kid around my mom, but with, like, I can have a, an adult conversation with her, but I feel mm-hmm. like we're starting over. You know what I mean? And it, it's beautiful that you've even allowed that space for that to take place because, I mean, obviously, we're talking about the experiences with our parents and everything like that, and 
You right. know, I have to, I have to, you know, I also have to recognize that some people grow up in households where their parents do some awful things to them, some terrible, terrible things to them. that you cannot and bounce back from, th- that you cannot bounce back from, or that you you can't forget. And, and you know, those people, you know, they're entitled to have those feelings. But I love that. I love that, you know, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful that you've given her a second chance, that you've, you've, you've hit the restart button and you're trying to like, you know, to give her that chance that uh, she may not have not have had. And I feel like, you know, yeah, there, there is some damage at times that are done in our relationships, but I also feel like with forgiveness and love, like if, if two people are willing to work on it, then I think that that is what is important as well. But if, as long as it's mutual, but if it's not mutual, then unfortunately there's not much that, that can be done. And also there's just, there's just no parenting like, like black parenting. There's just nothing like growing up in a household with black parents. And I'm not, I'm not down in other cultures. I'm not saying that they don't have amazing parents, uh, other, uh, other, you know, ethnic groups. Um, Groups of groups of ethnicity. I'm not saying they don't have amazing parents, but there's just there's just something about the unconditional love that some of our black mothers show us, and that some of our black fathers show us for those mm-hmm. who, um, you know, for those who are you know closer to to both of their parents or have both their parents. There's just something mm-hmm. about there's just something about it. It is 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 it is, and again, you know. Not to, I don't want to spare anybody's feelings, but at the same time, I don't want nobody to feel like what we're saying is like, you know, superior to whatever. But at the end of the day, a, a black mother's love is is everything. A, a, it just it's just something about growing up in in the black, the black household. Like you said, it's just something about having like your cousins come over and y'all all joking and laughing, and your mom and your aunt sitting in the kitchen. With their Heinekens and you know their their um Patron or whatever they drink back in the day and just watching everybody just chill and 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 be that and they just love on each Alizé other. back in the day, child. Alizé, Alizé, you know what else? <laughs> Alizé and is another one. It's another one. It's um, <laughs> it's another one. Arbor Miss. Yes. <laughs> child. I used to sneak in my mother's kitchen, my mother's front room. I was 14. I used to sneak in my mother's front room. She used to have that, and I dogged it. And all the liquor was going. She didn't even realize it, because she wasn't really a person that drank like that. Well, she did, but like not like that anymore. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like you said. It's just something about it, like growing up in, in, the, in the black household and, and having that unconditional mm-hmm. love from your mother, even when you feel like it's... it's is on conditions. Like, your mother loves you unconditional. Like, you call her. Like, I know when I call my mother and I need something, she'd be there. It's not. It's, it's just something about when you're something in about. despair and you call your mother, everything just ease. Like, it, everything is at ease. You don't call nobody else. You call your mother and she mm-hmm. just finds a way to make it happen for you. Just mm-hmm. f- She just makes it happen for you. So, like, everything you're saying is like, yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 that but also mm-hmm. for those people out there who are still listening if you feel deep in your heart that you and your parents can uh amend anything that has ever happened in your relationship i say do that now i say love on your parents i say you know try to have a conversation with them you know, some people out here were unfortunate um, and they weren't able to have their parents with them for a long time. Some people's parents passed away. Some people's parents um, just left them destitute. Some people's parents just, you know, out doing their own thing. And so if you have that and if if you have that connection and you want that connection, I say continue uh, to, you know, build a relationship with your parents. But what I will say also is if you know your parents are just toxic and there is no getting is no getting to them, it's okay. You don't have mm. to be like, yeah, you have a mother and a father mm-hmm. probably and they're alive. It's you want that relationship, but you don't have to because at the end of the day, yeah, they brought you in the world, but 
you're living in this world now. Like, it's you by yourself. So if they're being toxic and they don't want to stop living in that, you don't have to 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 be like, oh, well, that's Amen. my mama. That's, you know, well, that's my mama at the end of the day. Yeah, that's your mother at the end of the day. But at the same time, if she's doing you wrong or if your father's doing you wrong, your parents doing you wrong, it's up to you to be like, I don't want to be treated this way. Hello. We give we Hello. give our parents a lot of power to the stuff that they do to us because they're our parents, not realizing that they're human and we're human and we want to be loved and treated a certain way. Your mother and your father not doing you right and they don't want to do you right. Bye. Bye. Period. Bye. You know what I mean? I couldn't have, I couldn't have said it any better. I, I really, I really honestly couldn't have said it any better. Um Thank you for just being so like just raw and transparent like this episode. Like not that well, you've you ever know not me. been not that you've ever not been transparent or raw, but just hearing you talk today, it's just you uh, I just I love you down. Like you're just I, such a beautiful I love person. you down too, boo. And like I just I love you so much and I you, I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. I and I am you. too. I'm very grateful to have you. you. Like even after all these years, like we yeah. still act the same with one another. It's, it's just so crazy. The minute we get yeah. on the phone to the minute we get off. And I love it's you like and nothing. I thank you. It's like nothing ever changed. Period. And I thank you so much for being here and and just, you know, loving yeah. on me and loving on you 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 taught me a lot of about how to love on my mother too, seeing that my first year. That was the first time mm-hmm. I ever really saw somebody really love on their mother. As a gay man. Mm-hmm. A gay black man and still having mm-hmm. a interact a positive interaction with their parents, that gave me a lot of light and love towards my situation. And I never said that, but that's what I felt. And I I just never could articulate that. But I appreciate that from you. Thank you. Period. And that's that. And that's that on that. <laughs> let's wipe. Let's 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 wipe the tears and have a glass after this one. Okay. Period. <laughs> I love you well, and thank you all so much for for just tuning in and as always we will be back with, with just more thought provoking conversations for y'all thank you so much thank you love you love you